Hi, you're listening to the Sermon Podcast of Impact Church in Fredericksburg, Virginia. I'm Pastor Brandon, the church planter and lead pastor. We are a new church in the D.C. area that is centered on the gospel and sent to our neighborhoods, Northern Virginia, and the nations. Please visit our website at www.impactfxbg.church. There, you'll find our current meeting times and locations. Our prayer is that you are encouraged by the message you hear today and fall more in love with Jesus and others. Thanks for listening. Morning. If you have a Bible with you, go ahead and get that out and turn with me to the book of Isaiah. Uh, if you brought a Bible, great. Maybe this is your first time to church uh, in a long time, or maybe your first time to church ever. And we're super glad that you're here. Um, and so if you didn't bring a Bible, no sweat. You can actually use uh, your phone or a tablet uh, if you want to. And um, uh, you can, uh, there's some great apps out there. I use one called Version, Y-O-U Version. And you can uh, download that app and follow along in God's Word today. I told you we're a little bit weird of a church. And uh, one of the things that may make us a little weird is the fact that during the sermon time, the message time, uh, man, we don't, we don't view this as a time to just kind of sit back and, you know, look at the pastor and be like, oh, yeah, he was good or he wasn't so good today or I'm not sure what he was talking about or whatever. Uh, we believe that we are God's people um, about to uh, surround ourselves around God's word to hear a word from God today. And so uh, ways that we can participate is reading along in scripture on your phone or something like that. And another way is by taking notes. And I want to encourage you guys to take notes today. We got some uh, on your response cards. There's a place on the front where you really encouraging to me whenever. And so I want to encourage you guys to do that. Um, uh, it's always, uh, always really encouraging to me whenever I get into your cars and um, you're driving me around town and I'm stepping on all of your sermon notes on the floorboards of your car. And uh, it always warms my heart. So I love the fact that you, uh, you guys take notes. And uh, so feel free to also use your phone or tablet to take notes. But taking notes is just a, it's a great way for you to engage in God's word uh, so that you can get something out of it. But not just that, uh, man, if you take notes on the message today, you then will be equipped to go teach somebody else God's word, all right? And so that's part of what we call at Impact disciple-making, making disciples of Jesus. And, uh, and so you'll get a chance and opportunity to do that. Um, so I want to encourage you guys to, to do that and take notes today. Um, and you guys, you guys will have to excuse me uh, if I, you know, uh, seem a little fuzzy today. I woke up, I don't know, anybody else wake up these days and just feel like your head is in a cloud? And uh, you kind of got the stuff going on, it's just that time of year. And so, uh, so I, I woke up with some of that uh, today. And so uh, anyway, so you guys be, be a little patient with me. Don't heckle me too hard uh, this morning. But um, did I tell you where to turn in your Bibles? Don't be so angry about it. Yeah. No, it's Isaiah. Yeah, absolutely. Why don't you guys, why don't we start in chapter seven? All right. And I'll, I'll tell you guys what verse here in a little bit, because if I tell you what verse now, you're going to read ahead and it hurts my feelings. So we'll, we'll read um, Isaiah chapter seven and uh, we'll dive in in just a second to that. Um, I wanted to remind you guys of a couple of things uh, as we get going this morning. Um, just a couple of things we celebrate celebrate Christmas. We had an, an awesome time. I mean, I just look around at what all this church is doing and around Christmas time. Christmas is a great time to reach out to our community. One, because there are needs, but mainly because it reminds us of the needs that are always present in our city. Like just because there are holiday lights up doesn't mean that there are more needs than there are when we take the holiday lights down. All right. So there are needs in our city. And so one of the reasons that we do all these things like parades and, and reach out uh, is to remind us of the needs of our city and to compel us to go in the name of Jesus and meet those needs um, with, with uh, physical possessions, but also with the gospel. And so, uh, so man, this past week, we also had an amazing group of people go out to University of Mary Washington and uh, pass out some hot chocolate and hang out uh, with some students and do some stuff like that. So that was, that was really awesome. And um, man, man, I've heard of just different community groups that uh, you know, are serving and people that are serving and doing some different stuff. So man, I just wanted to say from the bottom of my heart, man, thank you so much. Uh, that I get to bring my family to a church that cares about serving the community. So, uh, so great job. Thank you guys for that. I also wanted to just kind of remind you guys of what we're doing this Christmas. So uh, next week is going to look a little bit different. 
uh, because we're going to have 10 or 15 extra friends with us from one of our partner churches at uh, Grace Life Baptist Church in Christiansburg, Virginia. They're going to be in the house uh, next week. They're going to be coming up all the way from Christiansburg to help us serve throughout the weekend. So we're going to be doing stuff like inviting people to church and uh, doing some, some fun stuff like that. So Hunter, can you hand me those cards? Yeah. And so you may have noticed like on your seats today, um, you should have gotten just a, a little mini stack of our Christmas invite cards. And so I want to encourage you guys, um, take these. I think everybody just got three or four cards and uh, take these and be thinking about and praying about who you can invite to Christmas. And uh, the team from Grace Life, uh, one of our partners, is going to really just be helping us invite people to Christmas Eve, have gospel conversations, serve, and uh, things like that. So now it's going to be really great. And uh, you'll hear more about this in announcements. But next weekend, we also have our parents' night out. Uh, which is just a way, again, during the holiday season for us to serve families in our community. So I want to encourage you uh, to come, man, if you just are like, man, I need a couple of hours uh, to maybe do some Christmas shopping or take a nap in my car or just whatever it might be, all right? Um, and, uh, and you might have some little people that could prevent you from doing that. Uh, then I want to encourage you we're to come drop in the kids here. You'll hear more about it in our announcements. Uh, but we've got a, a full, uh, it'll be fully staffed, and the kids are going to make Christmas crafts and have Christmas snacks and hear the Christmas story, and it's going to be really great. But specifically, I want you to think about people in our community who may not get this opportunity and may not go to church anywhere. So I want you to think about different people. I want you to think about single moms, all right? I want you to think about um, uh, refugee families or, or families who are new to our country. All right? I, want you to, I want you to think about maybe grandparents who are raising, raising their grandkids. I want you to think about foster parents and uh, adoptive parents. I, I want you to think about new, newer parents. I just want you to think about people in our, our city who may get left out and intentionally invite them all right, uh, to our parents' night out. So that's a little bit about Christmas. Uh, really excited uh, to get a chance to do that uh, with you guys. All right? Hey, as we dive into God's Word, let me just do a quick poll and ask you, how many of you know that the world is a little chaotic right now? Anybody know that? All right, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty chaotic. Um, I'll tell you a little secret. Uh, every generation likes to say, like, there's the worst, you know, and everything's, everything's getting worse and worse. But uh, I've read history books. Like, it's always been chaotic, all right? Like, there hasn't been many times. I mean, we don't have, like, social media and Instagram and TikTok and stuff to remind us how chaotic it is 24-7. But, like, the world's always been pretty full of chaos. Like, the world is a little chaotic right now. You think about it. We got politics and you got wars and people rejecting God's way. We got division uh, between countries and ethnic groups, and even in our own country, we're coming out of a pandemic and, and still trying to figure out what this new normal looks like, like how's it affected us and, and what's new normal going to look like. Uh, so the, world, the world's pretty chaotic. Um, let, let me ask you guys this. How many of you, and maybe you can just be a little bold and raise your hand, but how many of you would also say that December is a pretty chaotic month for your life? Okay, yeah, most everybody. Isn't that so crazy that we take like the one month where we're celebrating the peace on earth and it's like the most chaotic time in our entire lives? Like, um, I wonder like where that comes from. So it's kind of a, kind of a crazy time. I know our lives get chaotic, right? Uh, we're trying to keep up with everybody. You see something on social media and then you feel back because you feel like you need to be doing that. And then you, you know, you see all these ideas on Pinterest, like a jigsaw puzzle. Like, hey, I think, no, I, we can fit another Christmas party in that Saturday. Like, we're only going to 17. Like, I think we could fit another one in, you know? If we only, I mean, it's crazy. Like, the ways that we think about our calendars, you know, traffic seems to get worse. Um, you know, work seems to be crazy. Uh, people have final, you know, students have final exams and projects they're trying to get in. And, and then, then there's this whole thing about those are all outward. Then we got a bunch of inward chaos, right? Like we got the emotions of the holidays. Like anybody ever getting your feels in December a little bit? Anybody ever want to throw a temper tantrum a little bit? Like, uh, you know, it's just, it's kind of this real thing. And, you know, we've got family. I didn't say anything. You did. <laughs> meanwhile, guys, you know, our world's chaotic. Our lives are chaotic. But meanwhile, we live in a city surrounded by hundreds of thousands of people whose lives are just, if not more, chaotic. 
The difference is that those who follow Jesus actually have hope. Like those who follow Jesus, our lives probably shouldn't be as chaotic, but they are. The difference is that we've got hundreds of thousands of people in our city who are walking around in the same chaos without hope, without peace, because they don't know the true meaning of Christmas. And so last week, uh, we started this series, and we talked about um, different things. We talked about how Christmas compels us to reach out, and we talked about generosity. And today, I want us to talk about how Christmas reaches in to our heart. So if you're taking notes, you can write that down, that Christmas reaches in through our hearts. Christmas reaches in through our hearts. Um, Hey, grab your Bibles. We're going to read actually just a couple of verses today. And you guys know I don't like doing that as a pastor. Like, um, I don't like it because I think context is really, really important when we're reading God's Word. And if you're not careful, some pastors will take like one verse of Scripture and twist it and form it to mean whatever they are trying to say. And you shouldn't care what I have to say. You should care what God has to say. But for sake of time, um, man, I'm just going to read a couple of verses to us today. So I want to encourage you. I'm going to try to give you some context, but I want to encourage you. Maybe if you're looking for what should I read right now in my Bible, I want to read my Bible. I just don't know where to start. Well, maybe you could start by reading uh, the chapters in Isaiah that we're going to be talking about today. All right. So I'm not trying to pull one over on you just, you know, because you people might want to have lunch today. Um, I'm I'm going to just narrow it down to a couple of verses. All right. So Isaiah chapter seven, and we're going to read verse 14. Isaiah chapter 7, we're going to read verse 14. If you're there, say, I'm there. All right, that's enough of you. Here's what it says. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Everyone say Emmanuel. See, guys, in this chapter, if you go back and read chapter 7, things are looking pretty bleak for God's people, all right? It's not looking too good. In fact, uh, you would not want to read the rest of chapter 7 for a nice little Christmas sermon. Like, if you're looking to get into the Christmas spirit, to be honest with you, other than the two verses we're going to read in Isaiah today, there's not a whole lot there to to put you in a cheerful mood, all right? Like, it it can be kind of down, a little depressing. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of chaos happening Um, around Isaiah and around God's people. And so in the midst of this chaos, in the midst of things looking bleak, we see the word, the first word in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. The first word in verse 14 is, therefore. And so, so you can see like, like because of the chaos, because of the despair, because of the darkness, Christmas, Christmas. Like, because of the despair, because of the chaos, Christmas. And so I I want you to hear me say what Christmas is. Because I realize, like, definitions can really get in our way. I can get up and shout, Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. And it could mean something totally different to every single person in the room, right? We all bring our own stuff when it comes to Christmas. So let me tell you what I'm talking about when I say the word Christmas. And you can write this down. Christmas is a gift given to us by God to remind us that he is with us in the most miraculous way. I think we can put it on the screen. I think we have that slide. But Christmas is a gift given to us by God to remind us that he is with us in the most miraculous way. See, guys, this is what this is what it means in Isaiah 7:14 when in the midst of it in the midst of bleakness and chaos Isaiah says therefore therefore Christmas and and he says the virgin will bear a son and his name shall be Emmanuel and guys that name Emmanuel means God is with us I mean that's miraculous that is amazing God is with us That's who Jesus is, okay? That is who Jesus is. Jesus is God with us. And so this reminds us of our desperate need inside of every single one of our hearts. We have a lot of need for a relationship with God. See, guys, the fact is 
You may have a lot of needs. Some of you may have financial needs this year. Some of you may have needs of needing more time or, you know, needing help with certain things or, you know, needing help with family or we, we may have all sorts of needs. But guys, the greatest need of every human heart is to have a relationship with God. Because without a relationship with God, it doesn't matter what else you do. There will always be a void inside of you. And that's why Christmas reaches in. It comes inside of us to, to meet our greatest need. And, and it may not solve all the outward chaos surrounding us, but it solves the inward chaos within us. And this is what Christmas does. Guys, it reminds us that Jesus came to bring God into our world and into our hearts. It, it reminds us that Jesus came and, and when he came that he was born. That he was born of a virgin. Guys, that, that like I know we get used to that in the Christmas story and we sing it in songs. But guys, that's what we mean when we talk about Christmas being in the most miraculous way. It, is that Jesus was born and we can't get over the miracle that Jesus is. When he was born of a virgin. Like, guys, that proved. And so I love this. I love the fact that, that Jesus comes in a miraculous way. Then Jesus lives a perfect life on this earth. Like, it's amazing because I can try to live a perfect life, but I can't. Like, you ever feel that way? That you're like, man, this week is going to be better than last week. And then, like, you wake up, you are like seven seconds into your day, and you're like, ah, I blew it. It's over. You know? There it goes. And like, like that happens to us because guys, here's the deal. Jesus came to earth in a miraculous way and lived a perfect life, a life that you and I can't live. We can't measure up to that perfection. So here's what happens because of our imperfection. The Bible has a word for that called sin and sin just means disobedience to God. It means that we've disobeyed God and every single one of us have done that. But here's the biggest problem with sin. It's not the external consequences, all right? See, that's usually what I care most about. It's like, well, that was just a little sin, minimal external consequences, right? I want to stay away from the big sins, major external consequences, right? I don't want to deal with that. But here's the problem with sin. The biggest problem with sin is that even the littlest disobedience to God separates us from God. Like, I'm not talking you tell a little lie, and God goes, ooh. I'm, and, and then you, like, I don't know, rob a bank, and God's like, oh, you know. Like, there is no tear system to our sin. The littlest of sins separates you galaxies away from the God who made you and loves you. That is our biggest need. And so here's what happens. God put a system into place and says, the only way for me to forgive sin because of my holiness is for something to die. For a life to be given in that place. And so Jesus lived a perfect life. The only human to live a perfect life. And then he sacrificed his perfect life to die on the cross for us. Like gave his life on the cross. Died a horrible death on the cross for us. And God was pleased with that sacrifice. And God said anyone who believes in Jesus can literally live forever, can have relationship with God. Their sins can be forgiven. And here's the greatest part of your sin being forgiven. It's not just that God looked at you and said, I forgive you. Okay, It's not that. The biggest win of God forgiving our sin is that now we can be us from Him. We can be with Him. Our sin keeps us from Him. Like, like when you are in sin, you know God is over there and you know there is distance, but you can't get back to him. But guys, when we trust in Jesus and our sins are forgiven, it's not just that, oh, we're forgiven. It's that, no, now I can be with God. Like I can be close to him. I can hear his voice. I can know him. I can have freedom and innocence and purity in my relationship with him. And guys, that's what Jesus coming to earth did for us. Like, it allows us to be with God. Like, like, we cannot see him, but we can know that he is with us. Stay dead for like three days. And during that time, I think he just wanted us to know that he really completed the task. 
that it's not like he died a little bit, but then was like that miracle story you hear about on like TLC or whatever, where like, you know, I was dead for 45 seconds and went to heaven and came back, you know, like not like that. So he was like, I just want to make sure you guys smell it. I'm dead. And then three days later, Jesus Christ picked himself up from the dead. Like, nobody resuscitated him. Nobody went in to check on him. There was no defibrillator. Jesus Christ, in his own power, on his own accord, out of his great love for us, picked himself up out of the dead, folded his laundry, walked out of the tomb, and is still alive today. That's who Jesus... Yeah, let's give the Lord some praise. Don't play around with it. Man, I love that. And guys, listen, that's who Emmanuel is. He is God with us. The power that raised Jesus from the dead is now in you. Like, this is what Christmas means. This is our good news. Guys, listen, if Jesus is not alive, he's just a vibe. That's it. Like, if Jesus is not alive, he's just a vibe. That, you know, you try to fill your life with sentimental things. Things that make you happy. And, you know, you're supposed to fill your life with physical things that make you happy and mental things that make you happy and emotional things that make you happy. And then you should also include some spiritual things. And so we just sprinkle Jesus in or sprinkle whoever you want to in that's like a spiritual element to make you a whole person. And that's kind of the philosophy in today's world. But, guys, Jesus is not a vibe. Jesus is Lord. Jesus really did raise from the dead. And if he rose from the dead, that means he's alive. And that means, whew, good news, you can have a relationship with him. Because ain't nobody trying to have a relationship with a dead guy. All right? That's creepy. It's weird. It's a different, that's a different holiday. All right? Like, like Jesus is alive. And because he is alive, guys, we can know him. We can have a relationship with him. And so listen, this year, like if you want Christmas to reach inside of you, you have to know him. Like if you want Christmas to be more than an external presence in your life, because guys, let's be honest, that's what's going to happen to most followers of Jesus, is Christmas is going to remain external. We're going to have trees and lights and we're going to do all the parties and all the festivities and we're going to sing all the carols and we're going to tack maybe an Advent thing around it and Christmas is going to remain largely external where it does not mess with any part of our life. Guys, that's not why Jesus came. That's not why Jesus' name is Emmanuel. God came to mess with parts of your life. He came to actually affect your life. Jesus did not come to be a vibe to get you through a hard season. Jesus came to mess us up. And he does it in the best, most beautiful way possible. And so, guys, I want to encourage you. If you want Christmas this year to be more than external, but you want Christmas to reach inside of you, You've got to know him. You've got to press on to know him. But here are things that we do, right? Like, um, let, let, let's do a quick, how many of you are already in the Christmas spirit? Like, well, I was before I got here. All right, yeah, great. All right, most people are in the Christmas spirit. Um, that's great because we're like halfway through December, so you should, it's about the time you should be ramping up a little bit of your Christmas spirit. And I don't know, like we did a poll. Um, I'm just wondering like what are some ways that we would most likely get into the Christmas spirit? So I just wrote some things to help me get into the Christmas spirit. Like these are things that if I'm struggling and I'm like, I don't know, it's 70 degrees and raining outside. How am I going to get in the Christmas spirit today? These are some things I might do. Number one, uh, I might watch some movies, right? Doesn't that look cozy? That is awesome. Nobody's living room looks like that. Mainly because the children are being still and quiet. Oh, I'm preaching now. Let's go. All right. But maybe, maybe you like watch a movie. I don't know your favorite, your favorite Christmas movies. Um, I'll go ahead and, and tell you I, I'm not ashamed. Uh, I think the best Christmas movie of all time is probably Christmas Vacation. Um, Chevy Chase, I don't know, anyway, it's really awesome, but of course, like, I watched the edited version, uh, of course, I was not a heathen, um, another, sorry, another, 
Another way we might get into the Christmas spirit is uh, putting up a Christmas tree. Like even if your tree is already up, but let me ask you, how many of you are real Christmas tree people? Yep, there's three, four, five, okay, yep. Okay, um, we are not a real Christmas tree church, so I would just declared that. So just, but, but that means we can go over to the rest of your houses and enjoy your real Christmas trees, all right? Um, it's so good. So I look at a picture like this, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know, because they almost look like they're happy, you know? I can't imagine a world in which I take my three children, eight, five, and three, into a forest to chop down a tree and haul it back two miles to our car, in which everyone is happy. And so that's why we do a fake tree. Um, and if you come into our tree, our ornaments are only as high on the tree as our children are. And so that's, that's how that rolls. So you might put up a Christmas tree. Um, but then uh, we might have, I just kind of label this family traditions, right? Like you just have some family traditions, some things that you do as a family that you're like, we always have to do this because this is what we did, right? Everybody's got those uh those family traditions, like I've just got certain foods in my mind that I'm like, hey, that food, that's Christmas because I always had that on Christmas, right? Like that's what I'm talking about. So maybe like some family traditions, you know, you start pulling out your great, 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 great grandmother's cookie cutters or whatever, and you're like doing this whole thing for Christmas. Um, I, maybe if you need to get in the Christmas spirit, maybe you could turn on a little Christmas music, right? Like listen to some Christmas music playing around. Um, you know, if you're super spiritual. Maybe you listen to like Christmas worship music or whatever. Um, and so, man, Christmas music, or maybe you just keep decorating, right? Maybe like you get into your elf spirit and you just start decorating the house. Maybe as another way you could get into the Christmas spirit is decorating, which by the way, um, our hospitality team, they did some decorating around here. Doesn't this look awesome? Yeah, you guys give it up, man. They did great. Um, I don't know about you. Decorating does not get me into the Christmas spirit. It just ticks me off a lot. Um, and then, uh, lastly, like I thought, another thing we often do to get in the Christmas spirit is I just know those people who, like, they only serve during the holidays, you know? The holidays are their time, they write their checks to charity, they go serve in a soup kitchen, they do their thing, and, and God bless you, like, so thankful for that, but sometimes we depend on that stuff. It's not Christmas yet until we've served someone or done something, right? There's all of these ways, guys, that we try to get into the Christmas spirit, and none of them are bad. The problem is none of them last past December. That's the problem. None of them are bad. It's just none of them last past December. And so here's how Christmas reaches into us. Um, let's read one more verse from Isaiah. I want you to turn with me to Isaiah chapter 9. So you can scroll or turn with me to Isaiah chapter 9. We're going to read this verse, and I'm just going to kind of go through it word by word, because here's what I want you to see. I want you to see that Jesus is passionate about reaching inside of your life today. I want you to see that Jesus is passionate about you not just making it through another Christmas, but Jesus is passionate about your life being changed forever because he has come to earth. And that's what I want you to see. So Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. If you're there, say, I'm there. All right. It says this. It says, for to us, a child is born. To us, everyone say, to us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of peace. I want you guys to see here, if you're having a hard time wondering, Brandon, how do I get Christmas from being just out there to reaching inside of my life? Let me just share with you who Jesus is. I just want to share with you who Jesus is. So the first part of this passage, you go kind of word for word, it says, for to us, a child is born and to us, a son has been given. Now, I want you guys to see the key word there is to us. See, guys, Jesus and Christmas is a very personal thing. It was not meant to be just another holiday on your calendar. 
Just another thing you try to survive instead of thrive. See, Christmas was actually given to us as a gift, the most miraculous way possible, to help focus us on who Jesus is. And this gift, guys, listen, it was given to us. This is a personal expression. This means that Jesus wants to reach inside of every single life that's here today. That it is to us that a son has been given. So I want you to see that, man, the fact that he starts and he says, a child is born, shows us Jesus' humanity. Shows us that Jesus was a baby, a human, just like, just like us. But then it says a son is given, and this points to his deity. This points that he is the son of God that has come to earth. So I want you to see that. A child is born, fully man. A son is given, fully God. And it's been given and born to us. It is a gift. So Jesus did not come to stage some sort of mass movement. Jesus came for every individual heart on the face of the planet. So I want you to know today that you may think you've gone too far for God's reach. I want you to know today you may think that God has different plans for your life. Or you may think God has no plans for your life. And I want you to hear me say, Jesus came for you. Jesus loves you. What a simple truth. But doesn't it get so lost in Christmas? That Jesus loves us. You know what this means? It says, it says, the government shall be on his shoulders. You know what this means? This means Jesus is Lord. Everybody say Jesus. It means Jesus is Lord. Now, guys, listen. This is very welcome news for the people of Isaiah's day. Because the people of Isaiah's day were very abused by governments. In fact, not only were they abused by governments, but the prophecy is that they are going to get overtaken by a foreign government. All right. So at this point in time, this is actually really good news when they hear, hey, God's like, hey, to punish you, I'm going to have other nations and their government take you over. But don't worry, because I'm going to give a child to you. A son is going to be given to you, and the government of the world will rest upon his shoulder. And so I want you guys to see how massively in control Jesus is of all things. Jesus is in charge of everything. But you know what's interesting? Is that this promise is not fulfilled for about 600 years. That there's about 600 years between when God promises his people this and when Jesus is actually born. And I'm just going to be real with you for a second. I got a hard time waiting 45 seconds in the Starbucks pickup line. Like, I start looking around, I start getting all puffy, right? I'm just not a patient person. Like, it is hard for me. I have to, I have to pray for that and cultivate that. And guys, we can become very impatient. I want you to think about God's people waiting for 600 years for God to show up. This is what it looks like for the government to be on his shoulders, that he is in control of everything, including time itself. And then look here, it says, his name shall be called. Now, this is really important because in the culture, names meant something, all right? Now, how many of you know what your name means? Raise your hands if you know. Okay. Most people know. Um, yeah. How many of you have uh, significance to your name? Okay. It's like less hands, right? People are like, I don't know, you know. Uh, I don't know. It's like a movie star significance to my name or like, what's up with that? And uh, I have no significance to my name. Like, um, you know, when you're supposed to do the school report, you know, and like go home, interview your parents, find out why they named you what they named you. It was like, yeah, I liked it. I found it on a list and thought it was really a good name. So you are Brandon. Tell me more, Mom. That's awesome, you know. Like, it's just, it's crazy. But um, for, that's why we were really intentional in naming, in naming our kids. Names meant something. Listen to what, in the culture, names weren't just names. They were identities. So when we say his name shall be, we're not saying you would walk up to him as an identity. Okay? So these are identities that are given to Jesus. Um, write this down. Number one, the first identity we see given to Jesus is wonderful. Wonderful. 
The word wonderful, I'm going to blow your minds for a second, is defined as being full of wonder. Hey, don't steal my thunder, all right? I was coming with it. I was coming with it. Full of wonder. Man, I see this so much through my kids' faces right now. It's amazing. I'll never forget when all of our kids um, were growing up, especially when they're like a baby and their first Christmas, and you watch how they like stare at the Christmas tree, or they like have an ornament, and it's like they can't stop staring at it, and their face just lights up, and I mean, it could be the glow from the lights, but I think it's something a little more, and they, they're just looking at it, and they're like, wow, that's amazing, and their eyes are just full of wonder during this time. Here's what else it means. Wonderful also means beyond our ability to comprehend. Beyond our ability to comprehend or to understand. Guys, that's who Jesus is. Jesus is so wonderful, so full of wonder, that he is beyond our ability to even try to comprehend or understand how wonderful Jesus is. Now listen, a lot of times when we think about Jesus... We may use a lot of other words. He is Savior. He is Lord. He is King. He is Messiah. He is the Christ. Like, we use all these big words. But when's the last time you were just talking to Jesus and used a word so personal? Like, Jesus, you're wonderful. You're just wonderful. When I think about you, I can't even comprehend your mighty deeds and your good works. And you cause my heart to be filled with all of this wonder and beauty. And Jesus, you are just wonderful. Guys, listen to me. We are trying to find wonder in so many different things. But the only place that we are really going to find wonder is in Jesus. Like the Christmas trees are not going to provide it for you because you're just going to pack that wonder right up in a box. The Christmas presents aren't going to do it for you because you're just going to march that piece of wonder right back to Target, you know. The other things, the sugar cookies, they're not, they're not going to provide lasting wonder for you because you're just going to demolish them in your bodies. Like, like these things do not give lasting wonder, but guys, Jesus does. He is wonderful. Everyone say wonderful. Jesus is wonderful. Here's what else. It says Jesus is counselor. Write that word down. Write down counselor. Now, guys, in a lot of versions, and I think it's fair to combine wonderful counselor together, it reads better, but I'm not so sure that they are meant to be combined. I think there's also an argument in the language meant to be separate. So I separated them because I want us to understand the fullness of these words that are, are the names of Jesus. So I think about counselor. Now, when you think of the word counselor, you may think of like a psychiatrist, someone who listens to you, maybe someone who gives you a book to read and you guys talk about it. Like think of somebody who you just meet with on Zoom because somebody said you should meet with a counselor. Like when we think of counselor, some of you have really good experiences where you're like, yeah, counseling, good. And others of you have had train wrecks of counseling experience where you're like, oh, Jesus is a counselor. Oh, geez. Like, oh man. So like we've got all of these different views and, and points when we hear the word counselor. But listen, here's what I want you to say. To, to hear. Jesus is a perfect counselor. And that word counsel really just means the giving of wisdom. That Jesus gives us the wisdom that we need. Listen, Jesus isn't going to just sit down and move on your behalf. Like Jesus is not just a counselor that's going to take from you so that you can check a box and say, yes, I did that. Jesus is a perfect counselor who knows exactly what to tell you. How many of you guys got those friends that give terrible advice? Yeah, no, please don't raise your hand. Yeah, because I could be one of them. And I don't want to, I don't want to, no. All right. Yeah, like we all have those friends, right? Who just, you like, you know, you know, you don't even ask for their advice anymore. You're just talking, and they're just the ones who offer their advice. You know those people? That, especially in the church. We do this all the time in church culture. Don't you Jesus followers be acting like you're all that? You'll be sitting there, and somebody be like, how can I pray for you? And all of a sudden, you ain't praying. You're giving advice. You're like, well, you should do this, and you should do that. Have you tried taking Advil? That really helped me. You know, like, we're trying to do all this stuff. We're like, no, just pray, you know? Jesus, guys, listen, is a perfect counselor that gives perfect wisdom from on high. Notice I'm not using the word advice because Jesus' words are not advice. Jesus' words are truth. They are truth and wisdom. The Bible says that when we run to Jesus to get counsel, 
We are running to the one who the Bible says is the way, the truth, and the life. And so why would you want to get your counsel from anywhere else? Why would you want to get counseling from anyone else? It's kind of like, you know, when, when we talk about like, okay, maybe I'll go to the gym, you know? Well, I'm not going to go ask someone who's never been to the gym, hey, what do you think I should do with the gym this week? I'm not going to ask them that. If I'm trying to save money, I'm not going to go ask someone who's $100,000 in debt how to save money. I'm not going to do that because I don't believe I'm going to get the best advice. Where I'm going to go to is the one who is perfect, the one who is truth. And guys, like when we do that, when we are able to do that, we go to Jesus and he gives us counsel. And here's what I'm going to say. You may say, Brandon, how do I do that? Do I just mystically sit down and go, so Jesus, I got this issue, right? You billing me yet? Like, how do I do this? And then we just sit and wait. Like, is that what we do? Guys, listen, God has, Jesus has already spoken to you. He's already given you his counsel and it's the word of God. Every word in this book is God's counsel to you. You will never be led astray if you read this book and do what it says. You will never do something apart from God's will if you read this book and do what it says. But now listen, there may be times that you're like, yeah, Brandon, I've been looking and I'm trying to figure out if I should marry this woman or not. And I'm looking and her name ain't in here. You know, like I don't even think her middle name is Hezekiah. Like it ain't, she ain't in here. So I don't know. I don't know what I should do. Then here's what you do. Man, you go to someone who has a relationship with God that you trust. You find someone else who also hears from God, who will not just give you their advice, but open up the Bible with you and say, that's a great question. Let's search it together. What can we know from this so that you don't have to do it alone? So you start with God's word and then you go to a trusted godly counsel, counselor. Um, it could be your pastor. It could be a community group leader. It could be a parent, like someone that you love and trust who you know is godly in the Lord that you can go to. And you know they're not going to start giving you advice. They're going to quote scripture to you. And they're going to say, man, this is what I think God's word would have us to say. That's who Jesus is, guys. He is a counselor. Um, it's what else he is. Write this down. He, Jesus is mighty God. He is mighty God. And I love that word mighty because the word mighty just means he is all powerful. Everybody say mighty. Jesus is mighty. And here's what that means. That he is fully God. That he has all the might, all the strength, all the power, can pull all the punches that God can. That Jesus Christ had the power to raise himself from the dead. Man, he has all the power. He is almighty. Jesus is God. And so you know what that means? He is worthy of our worship. Sometimes we go, it kind of feels weird singing a song about Jesus. You ain't singing a song about Jesus. You're singing a song to Jesus. He's alive, which means he can receive your worship. Like, like this is who Jesus is. He is mighty. But he's not just mighty. He is God. And so listen, man, this is really good when you are feeling lost in the chaos. When you are feeling lost. And you feel like your family is out at you. And this is good news to know that Jesus' name is Mighty God. And he has been given to us. That is Mighty God. Born for me. To me. He is a gift to me. So guys, I want you to think about that. That Jesus has the ability to be your wonderful counselor gentle with you, patient with you, understanding with you, full of wisdom and grace with you, and at the same time has the power and the strength and the authority to be an almighty God in your life. That Jesus can do both. And then we see that Jesus is our everlasting father. Everybody say everlasting. He is our everlasting father. So write that down. Man, this week I had to uh, I had to take some time. So like I'm, <laughs> this is like the third time I brought up my kids, but I mean it's called father, so I guess that's okay. He says, uh, man, a lot of stuff. I really had to sit down with my kids because, man, it's just been a crazy week. Like I've had a lot of stuff going on, uh, meeting with a lot of different people, Christmas, getting things set up, and uh, and I, you know, like 
I was at home, but like maybe wasn't always like emotionally, like mentally there. And, and so I was just a little, I was a little, uh, I don't know if you guys ever, well, you don't. I was a little grumpy, all right? Uh, you probably don't get a little grumpy, but um, I was just short with my kids. And so I had to sit my kids down this week and be like, hey, guys, listen, you may have noticed that I've been a little off this week. I've been a little short with you. I've been a little impatient with you. And I, I, I just, I got to explain to them, guys, listen, I'm sorry I asked for their forgiveness. Like, I'm going to let you down. Now, I hope that I don't let you down as much as I, like, help you. But there are times that I'm going to let you down. I'm going to fail you. I don't want to. I don't mean to. God knows it breaks me. But, like, it's just going to happen because I'm your earthly father. But then I got to tell them the good news. The good news is you actually have an everlasting father. And he is perfectly patient. And he is always available. And he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will never be frustrated with you. And he will always welcome you home. And I got to explain them to that. And so, guys, listen, when we hear that Jesus is an everlasting father, we hear the word father, and immediately you're, gonna, you're trained to go. I just want you to hear me say this. Jesus is a perfect, everlasting father. He is the father that your earthly fathers never could be. And so we don't place that upon them. We have an amazing relationship with Jesus where we can go to him as our everlasting father. Where we can, we don't have to depend on family traditions. Okay? We don't have to depend on family traditions to get us through the holidays. To help us feel emotionally. You already have a perfect father who is there with you, waiting for relationship with you. So if things don't pan out the way you want them to, if the kids aren't home this year, if you're not able to travel this year, if things just aren't the same and your traditions have gotten broken, brother, sister, I got some good news for you. Jesus is still the same. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And you can have him as your tradition. He is an everlasting father who never gets caught up or hung up in anything. He will always be there. He will never let you down. He will never fail you. Jesus is your everlasting father. And lastly, we just see here, and worship team, you guys can go ahead and come up. But don't put your stuff up because I want you to write this down. Not the worship team. They come up. Jesus is your prince of peace. Jesus is your prince of peace. See, guys, Jesus is the only one that can bring lasting peace to our hearts and to this earth. We live in a day everybody's looking for peace. Peace in their own hearts, right? Peace in their relationships. Man, I, I don't want to go without saying this in this message. One thing you should know if you're new to impact is that a mental health for us is not a taboo subject. Like, we don't look at mental health as a bad word. Um, we don't look at, you know, if you need to see a professional counselor as like you, you don't have a relationship with Jesus, okay? I don't want you to hear me say that Jesus, you know, is the only perfect counselor and you can't have other earthly counsel with you. But I, I just want to share like, man, Mental health is a real thing this time of year. Most of the time, mental health is driven by our emotional health. And that's a real thing too. Here's what I don't believe. I don't believe we should be just really quick to say, oh, you're discouraged, you're depressed, you're upset. Well, go see a counselor and I'll pray for you. I think you certainly should, could, if you can. If not, I want you to know this church has funds available to help you seek Christian counseling, to get you in a, in a right space, to get you healthy mentally and emotionally. I want you to know we care about that for you. I want you to know you're not lost or forgotten in this whole hustle and bustle. But here's what I need you to understand. None of it can replace the Prince of Peace. Like none of it. It can supplement. It can help. But listen to me. Listen to me. I feel like there's a lot of us who say, yeah, Jesus is good, but I need this other stuff. And that, that's fine. And, and the reason I say that's fine is because I have lived that. I've planted two churches in my life. 
And after the first year of both churches, I have about a dozen emergency room visits on my record of massive anxiety and panic attacks. I want you to hear me say, I'm not telling you this as someone who doesn't understand. I want you to know I'm telling you this because sometimes we're too quick to run to other things when the one thing lacking is our relationship with God. And what I'm asking you to do this Christmas is to, yes, do these other things that are helpful, but brother, sister, I'm begging you and I'm asking you, do not forsake your relationship with the Prince of Peace. He is who he says he is. And so many times, we're not even investing in that relationship. We're running to everything else, and then if that doesn't work, we may try out this relationship. And I'm just asking you, maybe we got it backwards. And maybe the first thing we should do is to focus on our relationship with the Prince of Peace. And I want you to know, man, what keeps relationships together is Jesus. If you're like, Brandon, I have a lack of peace in my marriage. I have a lack of peace in my friendships. I have a lack, I've got drama. And I know there's not much drama in Fredericksburg, but maybe you might have some carried over from another place. Guys, what keeps families together is Jesus. What keeps friendships together is Jesus. What keeps this church together is Jesus. And if Jesus is absent, there will not be peace. If Jesus is absent from your heart and your life, there will not be peace. If he is absent from your relationships, there will not be peace. And if, there, if he is absent from your community group or from our church, guys, there will not be peace. So I just want to ask you, you can put that last slide up. Is your life missing any of these things today? I just want you to stop and ponder. We've talked about how Jesus is wonderful. He's our counselor. He's our mighty God. He's our everlasting father, and he is our prince of peace. Is your life missing wonder, godly counsel, power from God? A fatherly relationship, peace? If so, your answer is to run to Jesus today. Your answer is to run as fast as you can to him. And if you need help, I want you to go ask somebody in this church, will you disciple me? I need help. Hi, Pastor Brandon here. Thanks again for listening to our Impact Church Sermon Podcast. If God has spoken to you today or you have a prayer request you'd like to share, please email us at hello at impactfxbg.church. If you're local to the Fredericksburg area, we would love to see you for worship in person. But if not, please let us know if we can help you find a gospel-centered church right where you're at. Feel free to connect with us on Facebook or Instagram and on our website, www.impactfxbg.church. Until next time, keep living the dream.